Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. of Cult Classics with Chris. I am your host, Chris Kelly, and today I will be talking with Mike Costanza, who wrote and directed the Collingswood story. I imagine to a lot of people listening to this episode, they've heard of this movie, but they've never seen it. When it came out, it was in the early 2000s, and the Blair Witch Project had just come out a few years prior, and found footage had really taken off, especially here in America. And people were running around to make the next Blair Witch Project because the movie had been made super cheap, it was really scary, and it was a worldwide phenomenon. Mike had taken it to the next level where webcams were starting to become a thing on computers. So we kind of combined the two ideas of if you take Blair Witch Project but put it in a computer, how would that look? And he gave birth to screen life horror films. Of course, that term would not be coined until many years later. But it all started with his film, The Collingswood Story. This movie kind of kickstarted an entire genre of horror films. And if it weren't for his love of making movies and his love of filmmaking combined with the computer generation, this movie may not have been made and we wouldn't have gotten anything such as like VHS that it came out years later, Unfriended, Host, Searching, Searching for Megan, Missing, and other films just like that. So without further waiting, let's have Mike take over. Hi, my name is Mike Estanza and I'm the writer-director of The Collingswood Story. My gosh, you know, back as far as like elementary school, uh, just going to films, always enjoying seeing movies, but even from an early age, the, the whole process of editing, like I would try to wrap my head around how did they, how did these, how did the shots, how did they all come together? So as a kid, I was obsessed with that. In fifth grade, um, I got a Super 8 camera and just was making some fun, you know, like special effects films and blowing up stuff in the back, you know, backyard and <laughs> making little fun, you know, little, little fun movies. What was some of the, do you, do you remember any of those offhand? Um, one, you know, they, they were kind of based on like either like Godzilla stuff where I'd have those <laughs> Godzilla or, you know, I would order from, uh, did you remember the Johnson Smith company? Did you ever hear of that company? The Jonathan Smith company? Yeah. Oh, no, they, I, I don't know that one. Yeah, like you could get like smoke bombs from them and stuff like that. Probably, oh, yeah, not no. legal today. But no, yeah, so that, it, the order in the back of the comic magazine, 
So the stuff would come and I'd be like, oh, how can I make a, um, a special effect film with this? So, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it really just stems from replicating what I was seeing on the screen. Like, wow, how did they do this? Yeah, we, we we used to do those too whenever we were kids. Uh, the big one that my brother used to do. This was like back in the early '90s. My brother did one with our neighbor. It was called. It was a takeoff of Batman and Robin. And he called it. It was. Uh, it was called Fat Man and Bobbin. So, it was oh, <laughs> and uh, you know, they, they they stuffed themselves with pillows and. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I remember they had one. It was like the Joker, but he was called the Poker. So he kept like oh, poking cool. everybody. <laughs> oh, God, <that's> great. <laughs> so, it's just. Yeah, I know. You just come up with these different, like, crazy names and stuff, and just it's just it's so funny. It's such a crazy so, at an early age, you were you were a big fan of like the Godzilla movies and and uh, the creature movies, definitely. Yeah, oh, well, what's, what's your favorite? I mean, disaster, you know, disaster films too. Um, you know, when I was old enough to see them, um, my god, like any, um, you know, the whole Star Wars and you know, anything with special effects. Any film that came out with special effects always just completely in awe, completely in awe. So I guess you were like a Flash Gordon fan as well. You know what? Not so much. What? Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, not so much. Though, you know, I, one of my one of my um, other interviewers uh, interviewed yep. the Kyoto Brothers, and they yep. were not big fans of the Star Wars movies because they said they ripped oh, off Flash wow. Gordon. Oh, wow. You know, I, I never thought of that, but I guess that yeah, makes sense. No. I mean, all the way no. down to everything, but that's true. What do you think about it? Yeah. I, I never thought of it like that. I was like, I guess, I mean, me, me personally, I've never really been big into those types of movies. It's always been, I've always liked horror films. And I think that the, okay. it's just something that I've always latched onto, but it was just, it was yeah. interesting, but yeah, I mean, so you, you were more interested in you, you loved the creature movies. That led to, uh, did, did you work on special effects? Uh, did you go to school for any special effects or anything? No, actually, I mean, I went to, I studied um, filmmaking at New York University before moving out to L.A. Uh, to work on, you know, to work on feature films. I never, but yeah, strangely enough, I, I didn't work in any special effects department. I did do some, like, interning as editing so thinking back, that was my initial. <laughs> I mean, I I remember I had like when I was like in on the swing set. Memories like thinking in my head, how are films cut together? Do they use an actual scissors? <laughs> I mean, I was just yeah. So when I got a chance to do some, um, you know, interning for editing, it just you know it just kind of led to other. Uh, what, uh, you know, other, you know, projects and stuff like that. What, what were some of the uh, other, the, the early editing things that you remember working on? The guy's name, he did Felix the Cat, which I've never seen, but he was known for that. And it was a project with Harvey Keitel, and it was a short film with Harvey Keitel. Wow. And the director, I think Bashley, or what's his, or something, I'm so sorry, Chris. But no, 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 you're good. I remember saying because it was just like a one-time gig, and mm. he was a horror, like a horror director. Everybody came up to me and was to see what like yell. He, he was like one of those yellers on the set. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! But the editor was awesome because she was from New York, and I learned so much from her. And you know, she just sat there with her coffee and just you know, it was it was just wonderful. It was just wonderful. 
Uh, what what things did she tell? Did she like show you what to look for, or how to like chop together a movie and like keep it moving? Or she did. I, I think like she was really good at um, uh, focusing on you know all the takes and organizing you know all the takes like you know now it's you know we can just put them on bins either like da vinci or adobe premiere you know back then you know you just there were physical films that were hung up on strips she was i think she really instilled on me to be just super organized and as we know today that even applies today when you're working digitally you just have everything organized because it just makes it just run so much more smoother. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. Cause if it's, if it's kind of all over the place then you're like, you know, how do you put the chop together the movie? So she really kind of showed yeah. you how to organize everything. So that way it keeps everything nice and tight and making it look better and everything. Right. Absolutely. And then, you know, editors always have, you know, you have to have a good eye. The director's not there to kind of oversee how the, you know, the flow, or choosing the best take. Um, she was really good at um, looking at the right performance. If she's like, oh, I really need a reaction shot, she would just, you know, scan through the footage really quick and she's like, oh, boom, this is what I need. I'm going to mm. insert this here and just make it all work. So mm. that helped me too, you know, develop a sense of, of a better way to make things flow. That makes a lot of sense. Like, I mean, because a lot of times whenever you're looking at, uh, you know, like other films and everything, you feel like there's something missing, but it's almost like yeah. if, 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 the uh, if the director, uh, if they, if they had like experience with someone that was, you know, seasoned into it, they could show them like, you need to have this, this, and this, it really makes the movie flow together really well. And it's like, it makes things like a nice tight, n- n- nice, like put together me, um, film. No, you're right, Chris. That does uh, make sense. Yeah. And, uh, that, that, um, so then uh, you were at NYU, you had uh, your editing uh, experience, which you learned a lot from. Um, yeah. did, did that lead into the Collingswood story then? Um, well, actually, before that, uh, before the Collingswood story, I worked on some feature films at Paramount. But I actually started off in the art department as a art department coordinator. Mm. But in doing that, uh, you know, you you just learn so much because you're, you know, I, I was on set a lot of the time. And when I was a PA on some projects in New York, I mean, again, that's the best place to you just learn so much. Before, yeah, before the college book story, I did uh, like some music videos with uh, Capital, Capital Records. And then, I, you know, I always just wanted to do a feature. So, you know, back in the day, so after when Blair Witch came out, I was so, like, impressed with that film. And I was just like, oh, my God, you know, for what they did with nothing, they just created such an amazing, um, such an amazing statement, too, on the whole genre. So that really inspired me. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to try this, too. I'm just going to pick up a camera and try this experiment. What were some music videos that you uh, worked on? I don't know if you ever heard of a band called Mazzy Star. Mazzy Star? Are you kidding me? <laughs> fade, fade into you? Yes. You did yes. that video? Oh, no, not that one. I did. Um, I've been let down. Okay. And uh, disappeared. Wow. No. Uh, oh, dude, it was amazing. It was like my first time I got a music video. And I'm like, well, I guess, okay, you're going to be shooting in L.A., 
And they're like, oh, no, we're going to go to Paris, and you're going to meet us in Paris, and we're going to shoot the video there. I'm oh, like, wow. what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, cool. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you know them, because a lot of people don't know them. I, I still love them. And David Roback, the, you know, he passed away a year ago, mm. uh, which is just really just sad. But I love them. So, oh, I'm glad you know them. Oh yeah, I bought their. Uh, I've, I've been going through this thing recently where I've been buying up all the CDs that were ones of like that I had whenever I was a teenager, and I oh. just bought hers uh, the other day at the Goodwill. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh I, my god! I introduced amazing. my wife to them. I, I introduced awesome. my wife to to her uh, the oh. other day. She was like, "This is in, this is way too moody for me," and I was like, "It's." Like, well, it's, it was the nineties. It was right after hair metal. Yeah. You know, people oh, just God. wanted to completely. be moody. Completely. <laughs> oh my God. The nineties. Yeah. We were all like, yeah, completely. <laughs> oh, so you wow. were in France? That's, that's a weird coincidence. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, we had a blast. It was so much fun. Oh, we cool. just had a blast. What was that yeah. like shooting in France? Like, I mean, that's gotta be a whole nother ball game from compared to America. Amazing. Well, it's like, I, I was just very fortunate for some reason with, with France because a short film I made, um, was nominated for the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. So I got, like, a year before, I got to go to the walk the red carpet at the Cannes Film Festival. Oh, and my it, it gosh. Did, it did win, but they only select 10 shorts out of the, you know, entire world. So just to be nominated is, you know, is pretty cool. Yeah, that, so that's a pretty big feather in your cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And then, like, a year later, then to, like, do the, you know, music video in, in Paris. And the funny thing, <laughs> the funny thing about it, too, is that they were like, we just got along so well. And, you know, Hope, they're, they're just like, well, you know, we still, now we're going to, like, tour in, you know, Germany and blah, 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 and we want you to come with us. But then, of course, Capitol Records was like, no, you know, they just didn't want to spend the money. Yeah, of course. They never think it's like, you know, the money. So yeah, I would have done it for free too. Cause I love them. Yeah. Oh man. God. That's so cool. Uh, what, what's oh, some yeah, other, no, what's some other bands you did? Um, I don't know if you, uh, Sparkle Horse was a smaller band on, on, um, Capitol. Mm. Um, I, and then I did some EPKs. uh, too, like for system of a down, which Whoa. I like, yes, was one of my, like favorite bands. Oh my God. No, when I was in high school, you couldn't go anywhere yeah. without listening to toxicity. Like completely, completely. Well, that, that's, yeah, that's the, the one I worked on. So we shot it at a, um, we took over this entire hotel, uh, on sunset Boulevard in, in Hollywood. And it was just amazing. Just incredible. Oh my gosh. And you, you did that for the entire album of toxicity. No, no, just for, um, uh, just for, uh, oh gosh, what's the one time suicide? Oh, uh, oh, when you mean uh, when angels begin, you're like, uh, chop suey? Yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh my god, sorry, please edit out that. No, 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 I've, I've heard way worse, trust me. <laughs> it's the worst when you, when someone says, you know, that song, when angels deserve to die, and you're like, that's not even close, but. That's yeah. not even the name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's all good. So you did yeah, the EPK so- on Chop Suey. Correct. Uh, yeah. I got so many friends and that are going to be like so enthralled badass. with that, by the way. <laughs> so badass. That, that is sick. Again, just had the best time. Yeah, because when, 
it's it's one thing, you know, it, it, it's just always wonderful. And, and you know this too, when you're working with either a band or actor or somebody or a director who you like look up to or just respect, it just, it just adds to it. It's just, my God, it's just, everything is amplified. It's just such an amazing experience. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it makes you like, it's kind of like how I, I, I talked about this before on an episode that uh, James Wan, for instance, like, Yes. You could tell walk, watching his movies that his yes. crew just loves what he does and Absolutely. loves every second of it. Like prime Absolutely. example is malignant and uh, insidious. Yes. You're just like, holy bananas. Yes. Like they did that for like nothing. Absolutely. Chris. <laughs> it's just, I love it. Like I, I love mean, hearing that. I'm so glad you said that because you know what? That is so true. Oh. It is, you, it's, uh, it's so true. Yep. I, yep. I, I love it. Like, I mean, Insidious was like for a million and a half bucks. And you're like, there's not one dime of that that was pocketed. Like, I mean, right, exactly. like everybody brought their A game. Everything was given 110%. It's beyond yep. amazing. I love that. I love those movies. That's the thing. When you watch something, you can just tell. And, I'm told, you know, it just doesn't become enjoyable anymore watching it. You know, yeah. Those things are so, you know, hyper obvious. That yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That then takes us to the Collingswood story, correct? Yeah. Okay, so you saw uh, Blair Witch Project. You saw right. uh, the last broadcast, I assume, right? Um, you know what? I never saw the last. I heard about it, but I ne- I always like meant to watch it, and I to be honest, I never did. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. A lot of folks haven't, you know, that, that's the reason why when I bring it up, people don't, people look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, well, that's the movie that inspired the Blair Witch Project. Exactly. And, uh, of course everyone knows the McPherson tapes from the eighties, but, right. uh, and you then, <laughs> you, you then took it to the next level to a level that no one had done yet, which makes this, which is the reason why the Collingswood story is so iconic uh, that you made the first ever uh, screen life. And of course that term wasn't coined until like 15 years later, but the yes. very first screen life horror film. Yes. In my opinion, when I first saw this movie and I'm not just blowing smoke, I was blown away because it was uh, the sheer simplicity of it and that it was so captivating and I had seen this movie, I saw it the first time about two years ago, and then I was like, holy bananas, this is nuts. And then I started rethinking all the movies that I had seen that were similar to it and thinking, holy crap, like this movie is definitely the, un- this is like the Rocky of screen life films. That's the underdog that no one really, <laughs> no, like people don't really watch this movie. And it's like, it really should be brought to light because it's so, it's such a different movie that and for the time, like you had, this was not heard of ever and from the very, very, oh, very tiniest of details. Like, and I'm, I, I, I'll, obviously I'll let you get into explaining more, but the very, I just want to really applaud you for this amazingly tightly written script, by the way. And it's just so intricately woven that I don't think that a lot of people recognize the certain aspects of it. For instance, whenever Rebecca says that quick little phrase in French that we're not dead. I can't say it in French, so I'm not going to insult anybody by saying it in French, but (laughs) Vera's website is written in English and French. (laughs) Is just the tiniest of little details that's like 
mind blowing to me. I mean, I, I seriously was like sitting, I told this to my wife. I, I was just like, you won't believe it. Like that website that Vera has is still up and running and it's written in English and French. She was like, wow, <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, it's crazy. Unbelievable. Um, I like details. I am. And just coming from an art background also. Um, yeah. I just like to um, definitely with details. It was like the perfect storm because it was Blair Witch Project. Webcams had just came out. So when I when I got a webcam, <clears throat> and that's the kind of thing you have a USB plug into your you know, uh, laptop or your desktop. What I was using it for was just to make like little videos, not just like talking. I was like, well, I could maybe make the entire film through this new, because I just, I just thought, you know what? Someday, I think these are just going to take over, kind of. Why, you know, as an experiment, I have to give it a, a chance. I mean, you know, you know, give it a try. <laughs> and, okay, so then at the same time, around Halloween, which is close to my birthday, I open up this box, this birthday present, and it's this creepy Halloween shaker that mm. my mom sent to me. And I was just like, whoa, dude, what? You know, you just sent me this, like, what is this? Um but she knew that I, you know, of course, she, I, I actually got, my, I think, my love of horror from her. Um, but she, um, so she inspired that also. So here I had a shaker, loved Blair Witch. I had the webcam. I wanted to find a way of incorporating uh, that into a story. I, then I just started writing it, and it just kind of fell into place. And because, you know, guerrilla filmmaking, you know, like zero budget, I thought, well, this will, if it's just webcams, really, just stepping outside of it a few times for a location shot in Collingswood, I could probably pull it off. It was actually shot on a high-end camera to, that replicated kind of a, you know, a, a, a webcam. Uh, what's your relation to Collingswood? Um, I grew up about 10 minutes away from there. And I always thought that name was kind of like funny. It, it's a, And it's kind of close to which... Uh, with uh, Dark Shadows, Colin Wood. So I just thought that that was like, kind of funny too, Colin Wood. <laughs> and is Crow Park a real thing? Or is that just... Um, it's actually, uh, it's Knight's Park. And for some reason, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get sued by the town of Collinswood. I better change it. <laughs> and it, it turns out that Collinswood actually had a screening of the film. So it was, you know, it was just kind of cool. I, I like the little I, details with that as well because crows with witchcraft and everything. There's, um, exactly. Yeah, that, that's tied into that. Yep. That's, uh, so you wrote out a little story to go along with this. Uh, so it's it, it seems kind of like Rebecca and John were dating and then she left uh, Virginia, uh, Bedford, Virginia. Any reason why you picked that area? Um, I just, well, I wanted to keep it on the East Coast. Yeah, I guess I just wanted everything close by on the east coast okay i mean no, that's yeah but no specific uh yeah i chose bedford virginia but there was no really uh specific reason okay uh, for that okay i mean i actually had a friend from high school gail who i left, lost touch with and she's somewhere in virginia so maybe that maybe <laughs> that was it they were they were dating they were a couple she left in order to go to college in collingswood or near collingswood yeah. And they still stay in touch, talking to each other over the webcams. Exactly. He gifts. She just turns uh, twenty-one or however old I forgot. And then 
Um, but for her birthday present, he, he sends her this webcam. So yeah, his whole thing is like, Hey, I can still, you know, talk to my girl. I can see her too with this new, you know, this new tech. And, uh, and then the mutual friend, I, well, I don't know if he's a mutual friend, but it seems like kind of like the mutual friend, Billy, uh, played yeah. by Grant Edmonds, uh, yeah. who does a dynamite job. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I mean, I, I gotta so say funny. all the actors in this movie did a, perfect job i mean they're very believable people yeah we you know the great thing about them too because i mean this script you couldn't really because of this um concept that i had you know i told them we're gonna have to rehearse um everybody's gonna have to be super prepared because when i go to edit this i gotta make sure that your reactions are gonna match it's like if, if you just show up the day of the shoot and just, you know, you're totally over the top and then I cut to Rebecca and she's playing very low key. It's going to be like, what? Yeah. You know, again, because it was all shot on separate days. So going back to the editing, this thing was an editing nightmare because I had to cut out, like I would be reading the line to Rebecca as John and I'd have to edit out my voice. And then when I was shooting John and, and, you know, I'd have to, cut out my voice because I'd be reading Rebecca. On the Blu-ray release, which I was really happy about, I did a commentary. And I, I just, it, it, it's great because I go into detail about how I had to do that. So, I, you know, we rehearsed in person, but then when it came to, you know, shoot, sometimes it was just me and the actor there. So as they were talking to the high eight camera, you know, I would be behind the camera just saying the lines of the other character. And actually, it's kind of cool on one of the EPKs or, you know, featurettes, I, I included some of that footage where you can hear my voice playing the other characters. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's pretty, that was pretty incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Was it, was it the whole thing? Um, did you have multiple different uh, houses that you shot it at or was it all in, what, in one house? Well, the, not too many. Like the, the John's apartment was my apartment. Um, we like drove to Home Depot and we got some like wood paneling and put stuff up. Rebecca's house in Collingswood was actually a house owned by the actress who played Vera Madeline, hmm. Diane Behrens, who's very, very talented too. So yes. we shot the attic there and we shot all that stuff. The location stuff, I just, you know, went back to, uh, Collingswood and that was just me. And then I just overlaid. Actually, um, in LA, we, I just went driving with Stephanie in at Silver Lake and she was just saying those lines and then I added that to the footage. A lot of people think, oh, Stephanie went to Collingswood or or that, you know, the whole thing was improvised and, you know, like how host, you know, how everybody was filmed, you know, just, just kind of the same time. But it's like, no, these they were all shot on separate days and then everything had to come together in the editing. How many days uh, did you shoot? You know what? Not that much. I think it was 10. I think it was 10 shooting days. Okay, how long and, of the days are we talking? Like 10 hours? Yeah, we did do some of those days were full. It really depended on what we were, what we were doing. Because again, because we rehearsed and again, sometimes you don't want to be like over rehearsed, but in this case we, we kind of had to be and either actors like that or they don't. And mm-hmm. these actors did. They actually wanted to be prepared too because they were like, Mike, um, how's this going to work? You have me looking at the camera? I'm like, yes, well, sometimes you have to look up and like sometimes you're going to have to look at, 
like, and again, because it hadn't, it hadn't been done before. Yeah. So I had to keep reassuring them I, in the back of my mind. I didn't know if it was going to work, but I was like, <laughs> of course it is. It's going to look great. Just relax. <laughs> you know? So. That's <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> uh, so uh, Johnny uh, Dalmas is played by Johnny Burton. He was a great actor. Like, he's, what, what, he's really great too. Ha, yeah. Have Have you been keeping touch with him? I, I tried to look his IMDb up, and he's oh, like, yeah, I still talk to all of them. He is amazing. He um, works in casting. He has worked with God, basically all the Halloween movies. Um, he, he's based out of Austin now, but he does casting. Mm. So he, um, yeah, he's done all the Halloween movies. Yeah. He's, he's solid. I really believed him as kind of like a very protective, uh, boyfriend type. Like there was certain lines of dialogue that he said, like, uh, when he was talking with Billy, whenever Billy refers to Rebecca as Beck and he says, Whoa, (laughs) Rebecca, I call her Beck. And I was like, that's a great line of dialogue. It really shows (laughs) it's not that he's an alpha male, but it's more like he's just protecting and exactly. I, I thought that was exactly. good. But so the uh, the psychic, uh, by the way, is, is the psychic based on anybody? Because I remember at the time in the early 2000s, there was a lot of that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why, I, I mean, it was so funny, right? All those 1-800, you know, psychics. This, I mean, just in the 90s, you know, it was just like you could just laugh at all that stuff. That, that's why she is, you know, like I, I set her up to be like, you know, is she real? Is she, you know, obviously you know, that's where some of the, you know, Rebecca's like, oh my God, she's so hokey, you know, with the music and her candles burning in the background, you know, right away, they're just like, uh, you know, but then for Vera, I mean, it's just a lot of, just it just opened up the whole Pandora's box. And whenever you're watching it, you you don't really know if you can believe what she's saying or not, because it does seem kind of hokey. And even Rebecca is like the voice of reason. She's just like, okay, yeah. like, she, you know, because Johnny then says, well, she has a caller ID. She knows where you're calling from. And she's like, oh, oh my gosh, or I know she knows what your name is. Like, okay. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah, this is the gimmick that they have. They're not going to charge anything. And then they hook you in and then they start charging you and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, ah, I don't know. Is she, isn't she? And as the story progresses, it's like, you don't really know who to really believe. Uh, It's, it's very, very, I, I, I really like how the movie is written out because it's almost like who is Vera really, what, what is, what is she trying to achieve? And it's like, is, is she working for Alan Tashi or is she really looking out for their best interest? Does she not want Rebecca to be sucked into this world? Right. Or is Rebecca already in the world? Cause there is, yeah. there is some, there is some little hints where she's like, she tells Johnny where she's like, no, you don't need to come up here. It's going to be, it's going to take you eight hours. And he's like, but I've already packed up. And she's like, well, you're not going to get here till 4am. I don't want to hear it. And he's like, so it's almost like she's, is she already in it or. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. When it, it's, it's the type of thing because I, you know, I love, you know, I like movies like this and it's not, you know, not everybody's cup of tea, but. When I was writing it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this in, but it, it will probably take a person, if they like it, to watch it again to then really understand, like, oh, now I see why she said that. Or now, yes, I, I you know, I, I think when I was writing it that she was really seduced from the, from the beginning, and, and that's really one of her reasons of, of moving. And then, but it's a type of thing, too, where, 
once it happens, it's like, oh, do I really want to go this? You know, I'm, now I'm in this. It's like I, she can't turn back. And the name Alan Tashi, where where did that yeah. come from? And, and and France in general, like what? Uh, it just seems like an, uh, a strange choice for me anyways. Like, um, yes, wh- yes. Wh- where did that come from? <laughs> to France, of course, because I, I was just, in, I, I love France. So, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, that do I it. I gotta find some way, I gotta find somewhere to bring, I, I, you know, I always thought, oh, if this film ever goes anywhere, you know, I'll, I'll write a part, you know, a second part or, or something. That name and I didn't want it. I didn't want it to come out in the first one. It's actually an anagram. So in if I if I, it's on, you know, the kinds of story is streaming on Shutter now. Um, and you know, I, I might do like another, you know, you know, we'll see, whatever. But then that would come out. So there are plans for a possible sequel. Um, we'll see. But actually, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm working on some other stuff, but. I mean, it would be fun if it's the way script and stuff like that. So we'll see. I mean, I, 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 I kind of, I mean, I do envision a sequel to this. I mean, I, it's not that crazy out of the question. They made about like 15 paranormal activities. I mean, I don't see why that wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many different saws did they make? The guy died in part three. And, it's like, <laughs> and Jason's always been dead. So it's, it's not like it's yeah. that. I I know I I really I think that's a that would be a really interesting idea because then you could revisit all of it like oh like for instance maybe it's like um, well we never well we don't actually I I mean you could use that we never actually see them die but I mean it could be like a son of Johnny or something and he's he rediscovers right. the old camera because now you know now twenty years later everything that was old is now new et cetera et cetera and then he finds exactly. this old footage and. Uh, you know, and then he gets in contact with uh, Rebecca, and it turns out that she's actually in another realm. I mean, that would be oh god, that'd be so cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, through the whole thing, it's like um, you know they they would say that what what happened to John, you know, Johnny, he, it was self mutilation, and so <laughs> like that's how that was, you know, passed off as. But of course, we know that that's not the case. Um, Billy is kind of like a, a central character to this, even though he is kind of like a side character. Uh, if he yeah. wasn't the one who was kind of messing around on the internet and found this online psychic, he would never have introduced that to Johnny, who then would have given that to Rebecca. Is there absolutely. like, yep, and absolutely. He's the catalyst really. I just, I mean, but, I, you know. I, I love that. I love that little triangle thing. And there, it's, it seems almost like Billy is trying to set up Johnny to fail, but it, it doesn't. It, almost, it draws them together. I'm so, absolutely. Yep. I'm so glad you saw into that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I just, I, I saw it like right from the beginning. And I'm like, oh my God, that guy's a jerk. But then it's like, you don't, <laughs> it's like you love him, but you almost don't because it is like, he's like that guy that everybody has that friend of. Then we, we see that the judge uh, a few years prior, four years prior to uh, Rebecca moving into that house on Lee Road, there was a judge who was involved in that cult who killed his family and everything. Yep, yeah. And that's what really kind of sets everything into motion where uh, who's who, what's what. You have Vera who then shows that she was actually, uh, she was she was taken by Alan or blinded, I guess you would say. 
So she's like, is she, is she, to, to, to kind of bring it back a little bit, she, she's, is she warning Rebecca or is she trying to encourage her? Because she doesn't, she does both really. She does. I think, um, you know, I, I saw Vera as kind of bipolar. So like one minute she's warning, you know, the next minute she's laughing, the, you know, then the minute after that she's completely denying, you know, everything. So I, I, but ultimately I think Vera is, you know, is warning her, is warning Rebecca, you know, stay away. And Rebecca then eventually goes to the attic where we find that this is where the cult had been doing a lot of their practices. Yes. Yep. Now, and then of course it, 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 we are to presume that Rebecca is then killed. Right. Now, um, the flashes that we see of, I assume that's supposed to be um, like a descendant of Alan Tashi. Yeah, is, but actually Rebecca doesn't die at you. Is uh, the character that, that, that we see the flashes of, is that actually one of the cam people from the beginning who uh, it is. talks to her? Yep. And he's like, he says, there's all kinds of wicked in, in people. Yeah, yeah. I knew and it. Somebody, you're, you're getting all this. Nobody, like, nobody gets this. No. You're getting all of this. Well, uh, I mean, oh I, 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 so he was, he was the, he was the original guy that made the contact with her and he was, he was the one that was talking with her. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So was now he, ah, okay. All right. So, well, it, you know, it, it's the same actor. I mean, not that it's necessarily the same, you know, that that was the, you know, but it, it was, uh, you know, the same actor, but I wanted um, that character to, uh, you know, just be a foreshadow, and, and, you know, obviously in his lines and just, you know, looking like the, um, like uh, the Alan Tashi character. Is, is Alan Tashi based on anybody specifically? No. He's just a, he's just a name that, uh, from a cult yeah, that he, you he just. just a, exactly the name, like at the anagram. So that, that's the name, but I remember Johnny like making a joke. He, he's like, this sounds like a lounge act. Yeah. Now appearing, Alan Tashi on the. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it does. Because even you, you were like, "Wait, what? Like that name? What? And like, Frank, what the hell? Like what? Yeah." So I, I can totally see that. But I would laugh at that name too. We would just kind of laugh at it. Uh, Deco video, which was obviously supposed to be AOL. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah. Somehow I came up with Deco. <laughs> and just built that like one of the early versions of Photoshop. You know, I, I love how you use everybody's individual desktop and they're all very, they're very intricate. Like there's a very distinct difference between the different desktops, how you, yes. how you wrote that out. I mean, how you, how you designed them all. They're very nice. Like, you know, Rebecca's is more welcoming. Uh, Vera's is definitely like you want you looking at it and it's like, that's definitely somebody who believe who, who does witchcraft. Yeah. I wanted the, you know, they were almost like characters. That's why I wanted them to be really distinct, you know, in their look again at that time, like you never saw a full screen of like in a film of like scrolling through internet searches that just was not done. Uh, it's like I was freaking out too. I was like, "Wait, how am I gonna? I can't videotape that uh, because it, you know you'll see the line. You know when you videotape the yeah. screen, you see." And I would call around so many editing places, and I was like, "How am I going to?" And then finally, one guy was like, "Well, you know, just try going out from your computer into the editing bay, you know, hitting record on the digital data, and like, and it works." And I was like, "Whoa!" 
So actually, I think that was the first time that that was done. Holy you cow. Not because they captured it like, like perfectly. So, and again, that wasn't done until years later. And the only reason I'm saying that is because one time when I showed it to someone at New Line Cinema, when they were still around, like her name is Jackie Tepper. And I, she was wonderful because she was so New York. And she's like, I, I didn't like this film at all. I, you know, I, no, it's like, nobody knows what webcams are. I don't like, and I'm like, you don't think any, like, you don't, you didn't like any of it? She's like, no. And in a way, I was like, you know what? I like when people are brutally honest to me. I don't like the whole LA thing. Like, oh, we loved it. We loved it. You know, then you never mm-hmm. hear from them. Mm-hmm. So actually, I, I admire her for just telling me the truth. That's, you know, because again, not every, not everybody's going to like it. But again, at that time, nobody did know. You know, to me, I was like, wow, this is so cool. It's a new concept. It's going to, you know, take off. But a lot of people, like, I showed it to Sony. I thought for sure that they would be like, yeah, like new technology. But, you know, they didn't get it. It was really until, like, just years later when it to some horror film festivals and it started get, getting reviewed online. Like, Dread Central was really the, the first one to put it on the map. What did they um, say about it? I think that was like how many years after I made it? Four or five years after I made it. Mm. They, you know, I sent it to them, and they, you know, it was um, Steve uh, Steve Barton, who used to be, I guess, the head of Dread Central. He loved it. He was like, "Wow, this is such a great, such a great film." He, um, I, you know, I think he put it on the map basically because then from there. A lot of the other, uh, at the time, a lot of the other horror people uh, reviewed it. And then it got a small release with Anchor Bay. But it, again, then it went underground. You know, Paranormal came out, um, Unfriended, you know, all those films. Host, uh, you know, when I heard from, again, like out of the blue, um, Cauldron DVD calls me and they're like, this film deserves a second look. And I was like, thank you so much. So they, you know, we, I redigitized the footage and put it out on Blu-ray and then like getting a call from Shudder, like this deserves to be like double. And I'm like, whoa, thank you. <laughs> and just you now interviewing me too, Chris, I really appreciate that. No, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic movie. Like it just, it, it's really something that I don't think that a lot of people have seen, but they've seen the, um, the aftermath of it. Right. Uh, of course, everyone has, I mean, not everybody, but I mean, a lot of people have seen Unfriended. Um, yeah. But of course, his movies from a couple of years prior, he was doing the exact same thing. But then, of course, 10 years prior to that, you were doing this, which was the exact right. same thing. So whenever you saw uh, movies like Unfriended and Host, which I thought that both are fantastic. I thought Host was, was great. Yeah. Um, what, like what, what was what was your what was your thoughts whenever you first saw like Unfriended? Like, you know, like now it just, it doesn't really bother me because again, look, I was inspired by Blair Witch. So people and and the film has been compared to that. I mean, I met, I'm still in contact with Ed Sanchez. He's a wonderful, like he, I think he's super talented um, director and just to be able to meet him and tell him I let, you know, and he likes, he likes Collegewood story a lot too so we just have this mutual appreciation uh going but you know it's just that you can't let stuff like that bother you and especially since 
you know, Shutter, like it's on Shutter now, and people like bloody disgusting. I think I sent it to them, and again, this was back in the day, and nobody knows what webcams are, and no, you know, so they didn't, they didn't really respond to it. it. But now, like they recently said, it's the very first screen life film, and I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that more people. I mean, I, you know, I like fame and fortune, and this doesn't really. It's more appreciation. So just that people are appreciate, appreciating it such as yourself just mean the world to me and to the actors too. So because we always believed in it. Yeah, the only thing I, I loved how I loved like the credits. I thought that that was really creative. The only <laughs> the only thing that doesn't work for me, but is like it works for a lot of people. Just when people are suddenly like in zombie movies, it's okay if it's like used once. But when in this case, when the one of the characters is like suddenly pulled back on her chair, like from the like to the door, that scares the shit out of people. I just start laughing, <sighs> and it totally, it totally takes me out. And just and then I'm like, ah, oh, mother. But then I got back into it. But then when like the person is like over the pool, and mm-hmm. then I was that made me laugh too. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's just me. I mean, for some people, it scares the you know the shit out and. Again, somebody might look at Collingswood and be like, and, and they do. They're like, oh, my God, that can sucked, or, oh, God, that didn't work. So, you know, we all have our different tastes. But for me personally, that just doesn't work. Yeah, I, I think the, the cheap stuff, those are the yeah. things that don't really work for me. Like uh, jump yeah. scares, just kind they just they just don't, in my, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. One of the things like, in, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dog and host because I love that movie. Um, just that whenever at the pool scene, whenever the girl's levitating above the pool and then snaps the neck and then drops and it's like, uh, yeah. that was kind of a cheap shot, but yeah, so overall, I, excellent. I almost felt like if that was added because it does have a really short running time. And if, you know, if they were going to add stuff like that, I just wish it was more. So I, I, I almost feel like that stuff is kind of added, but I mean, it could be wrong, but no, I still love the film series. So I'm not, I'm not knocking it. No, but no, yeah. I'm just, yeah. Certain things just, but don't work for me. Is is there a historic district in Collingswood? Uh, yes, there is. Oh wow! So that that was is the, is the uh, the pamphlet that was that uh, Rebecca shows in the movie is that is that actually real pamphlet or is that made for the movie? No, I I made that in Photoshop um, <sighs> also. But you know when I was when I was back east, you know as I was writing, you know when I was back for one of the holidays, I went to the library there. So there was a book called Collingswood. Story. So I did find there was this murder, but it was arson too, like this arson murder on these lanes. So it's loosely based on something that actually did happen in Collingswood. Oh, so there really was a real murder that happened there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what what was it about? Did you base it in the movie? Um, well, I I just I just used the name of the street, Lee's Lane. I, I didn't use the part about the arson. But because I wanted to just try to add an element of like, oh, this this is based on actual events, <laughs> you know, or just, this actually happened. Bancroft Avenue—that's that's a real that's a real place, or is that made up for the movie too? That there's a Bancroft school there, but not yes. I don't think it's a there's a Bancroft Avenue. Again, intricate details right there. <laughs> Everything's woven right in there. That's pretty interesting because, like, I can imagine being from uh, that area and being like, "Wow, maybe this thing is actually real." Like, I mean, there's so many little details. 
you know, when people would write comments like, I live in Hollywood, you know, they would know Lee Blaine. That's a, I mean, uh, um, to bring it to the Blair Witch Project, I've, I've mentioned this story numerous times in the podcast. I actually grew up not too far away from where that was shot. So, oh, really? In Burkittsville? I didn't live in Burkittsville. I grew up in wow. in Pennsylvania, which was about an hour away from there. And I visited Burkittsville yeah, when I was yeah. on Christmas vacation one time. And they're still getting a lot of Blair Witch people <laughs> up there. <laughs> they still, I mean, it, it was, I was at, I would think of this was 2019. They, uh, I remember I went to that uh, cemetery and the groundskeeper oh, cool came out of nowhere because he saw me because wow. I, I I'm from Georgia. I'm, I'm in, I'm a Georgia boy now and yeah. I have my Georgia tags and they saw my car pulling in there and they're like, this guy is not from around here. <laughs> so oh, uh, they right, were just yeah, like, flag. like Wait a minute. exactly. And they're just like, so uh, are you one of those Blair witch people? And I was like, what? No. <laughs> and I, I just came up with a story on the fly about I why I was there. Exactly. And <laughs> wow, what a cool place to visit! Oh, yeah, I mean it's it's about it's about the size of a, a street. It's not that big of a place, but it's, wow. Um, wow. But yeah, I I've said before, like uh, I remember when all those missing signs from the Blair Witch Project they just appeared in our local uh, gas stations and everything when we were kids. Uh, I was I was a teenager. Oh, I was like wow. sixteen. But I remember seeing those and people were just like, what are these? And it was just like, I I don't know what this is. And then out of nowhere, all the missing signs went missing. They were all taken down and then boom, Blair Witch Project came and hit the theaters. And we were like, holy crap, that's that. Those were the missing signs that we saw. (laughs) Wow. Well, you know what I got to tell you? I, oh my God, I thought it was real. So did I. (laughs) I, And I told this to Ed too when he was like, I mean, I was so fucking freaked out. I, there was like no way I'm like, this was, it was real. My sister, like, you know, I, I think when I was leaving, you know, when I was, God, it was like over the summer, I think, when I was leaving to go back to California, you know, I opened the door, my parents' house, and like the doorstep was like wrapped, like thick, just wrapped in like the rip. And I, it, I was, I'm like, dude, my sister, I'm like, dude, you don't understand the Blair Witch now I, like I'm gonna die or you, you don't understand <laughs> I was totally freaked out and again that's what kind of helps me like get into the you know just to help actors whatever I just oh my god like I totally thought it was real even after seeing the actors on MTV like I remember I'm that. like wait no that can't be them I'm like no <laughs> yeah and Ed, you know, I told this dad, he's just like cracking up, but it was, yeah, totally. It took so long for me to be like, oh, wait, okay, I get that one, <laughs> which is great. And that's what drones are supposed to do. Yeah. So like going back to like when you see something that, and then you're all taken out of it, you're like, oh, bummer. You had me like this whole time. And now you just get disappointed because like, you know, you're just taken out of the whole thing. But in Blair Witch, no, I was never taken out. I was like, this is like, it was just amazing experience yeah it's still to this day even re-watching it i was just like i you know that's why i loved it i just loved it yeah i remember buying the the vhs of it um whenever i was a teenager (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i you know i still i do like horror um you know action films disaster films I, i like all genres you know i mean comedies every now and then Mm-hmm. Um, I just love film, you know, just, uh, you know, and a lot of foreign films too. 
I mean, just and not necessarily, you know, horror. I was always a big Ingmar Bergman geek and, you know, Fellini geek. I just love all those films, you know, the, the French New Wave, too. I mean, just all of those. So even re-watching them, you know, recently, it's just like, oh, my God, it's just it's so cool to reconnect with those, you know, those films. And then, of course, you know, John Carpenter, Albert Hitchcock, you know, all the all the usual ones. <laughs> well, what's your favorite uh, horror film? Oh my god! Um, gosh, it's hard to pinpoint one. It's like, of course, I always want to say Psycho. I mean, it's yeah. from a hundred years ago, but I still love that film for so many reasons. I love the, I mean, I love all the the Halloween, the original Halloween. Rob Zombie, okay, but I. So just because I think the first time if you're young and you're watching Halloween, I mean, by today's standards, it's, you know, but if you watch it, like when you're young, it just make, definitely makes an impression on you. And that film definitely did. Which, so, which Halloweens, I mean, this is a, an argument amongst Halloween fanatics. I'm a big one myself. I have them all in 4k, but cool. awesome. Halloween three, yes or no. Um, Oh, that's really tough. I know. I didn't want to put you on the spot, but it was. <laughs> it's a it's a tough one. I know. You, you know what? At, 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 you know what? At the beginning, no. But recently, yes, only because I just it's just that whole funny because there's always that one shot and they use it in the poster. So you know, with the the you know the kids with the one has the witch hat. Yeah. It's just that. So like that. Every time I see that shot, I'm like, yes, but. And then I do think it's kind of creepy when the kid, like when they're in that room, they're locked in that room. And then, but as a whole, it never really worked for me. So now just watching it just for fun, like I, I just this past Halloween, I watched it on Shudder and, you know, just for like fun to watch it. But I could go either way on that. But I just think that Jingle 2 is just so funny. Yeah. You, what was your take on it? Oh, I've always been a big fan uh, of, of part three. And I think it's because it was John Carpenter's original vision that he wanted to have Halloween. He, well, he never wanted to make a sequel out of Halloween. We all know that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's the reason why he made Halloween two take place right after Halloween one was because that, that way it yeah. would be one continuous movie. Exactly. And he, he had uh, said in an interview, I want to say this was in the early eighties was that his vision was to make every Halloween movie, or if they were going to make sequels, each one of them were going to be a different story that takes place in Halloween night. Exactly. And that each one of them was going to like, he was, he was thinking about having Michael Myers just being like, kind of like a character, like maybe you would see the mask in the deep background, but he would never be a central character. Right. And I liked that. I thought that was a great idea. And I, I really applauded the fact that he actually had, he, he actually did it for one movie yeah. and it was yeah. hated by everybody because they wanted to see Michael Myers. And it was like, exactly. See, that, that was me back then. I, was just, I wanted to see Michael Myers. Now I have a total different like appreciation for it. And just, I mean, again, too, don't you love that jingle? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, two more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so like now like that so yeah it's become like i have to watch it now every halloween in addition to the other films i i actually i have a restricted uh silver shamrock uh metal sign that i put out for halloween are you serious yeah i got it off of etsy for Very 20 bucks cool. 
Oh my God. Very cool. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's nice. one of the few decorations I put nice. out that it depends wow. on who you are. You'll, uh, <laughs> it, when people come into my house, we always have a Halloween party, me and my wife that some yeah, people see it and they're like, Oh it's yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's your wife and two horror films too. No, absolutely. That's a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. No, I, like, I, Oh no. I've showed her I've showed her a couple of movies. Um she she likes more fun movies. She she's more into like what was the movie that I I show I I bought a movie for her. It was it was just like this low budget like family friendly movie. It was called I think it was called like Running from My Roots or something. And she liked that. I mean, she loves uh, A Star is Born. Uh she likes more movies like on that that wavelength. Uh you know, Dirty Dancing, movies like that. Which there's nothing wrong with those. I love those as well. No, of um, but I'm a big horror fanatic. Like that's actually the biggest section that I have of all my movies. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't even, I don't even know how many I have probably, I'd say close to a couple, I don't know, three, three or 400 maybe. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Did I'm you big know f- that um, Stephanie Dees, she made an appearance in Halloween four. She's one of the little kids. She's dressed as a penguin <laughs> and she chases. She changed it. She's like, yeah, Jamie's uncle's a man. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so when I received, exactly, when I received her picture and resume, first I loved, I thought she was so attractive, and I loved that she had red hair. And I was like, wow, this would be just a whole nother, like, thing to add to it, too, just a whole nother level. So, you know, you know when I flipped it over and I'm reading her, like, I was like, how many for I'm like, no, no way. <laughs> It's like, oh, come yeah, on, is this like, little, yeah, yeah, like, come on, is this like Tarantino saying that he was in Dawn of the Dead? What is this? <laughs> so, when after the movie had come out, what, how did, how did, and you said some people liked it, some people were like, eh, about it, but like, yeah. you couldn't get anyone to really distribute it, or is it what it sounds like, kind of? No, yeah, not, no, not at all, because people just, again, I would hear, you know, nobody knows what webcams are, you know, the, Studio execs would say, um, nobody uses webcams. Nobody, you know, nobody knows what they are. There were a few people that would, and they did get behind it. But then, you know, convincing other people, you know, is always, it's just the nature of the beast. It's like any, you know, anything in the art, you know, which you're, which you're trying to pitch. So, you know, at the time, just, and again, even to this day, Hollywood just doesn't really take too many risks on something, you know, new. It's true. It's if it's a, if it's a guaranteed bank. I mean, if it's a guaranteed money, they're going to put money in behind it. This was this would have exactly. been kind of like yeah. a definite hard gamble. Definitely, definitely. But I'm super thrilled that it got the release that it has, and that it's becoming more recognizable you, and everything. Thank you. Yes, me too. Um, what 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 uh, what what have you been doing as of late? Like, I saw that you're doing a lot of skateboarding videos. Yes, I uh, I did a lot of action sports and then I, I just going back to like skateboard punk rock. Nice. was just so much fun. So I, I, I still love that. And then a feature script that I'm almost completed on um, is about just a group of skaters. Um, it should be really fun. And I actually hope to start shooting in August. Oh, nice. So I'll, I'll keep you updated on that. Oh, heck just, yeah. yeah. Just keep doing some like promos and just, you know, just, to pay the bills. Is there if there's anything else that you'd like to add? Um, I'm all ears, but uh, I'm I'm out of notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Well, I just want to thank you, Chris, so much. Um, it's just so great to speak with you and just to um, hear your love and passion for film. And also, I really appreciate your um, having this opportunity to chat about the Collinswood story. Amazing. It just made my day. Thank you. No worries, man. I, I, I want to thank you for making this movie. And even though you know, it's been 20 years since it came out that it's now starting to get its recognition. And if it, if it weren't for people out there like yourself that were making moves like this, that people were like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm not, not to say the term throw caution to the wind, but throw caution to the wind and make a movie that may or may not go anywhere if it weren't for people like you doing that, that this industry would never go anywhere. And I really applaud that people like you exist and make these movies. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, Hopefully you'll feel the same about the new one. (laughs) I'm sure I will. I I'll, 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 I'd love to have you back to talk about it whenever, whenever you're, whenever you're ready. Yes. I would love to. That'd be awesome. Awesome, man. Um, but that's all that I got. So we're, we're good. I'll, I'll talk to you later then. Thank you, Chris. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I really appreciate everything you said. I really appreciate it. No worries, man. Thank you for making the movie. Thank you. Bye. Man, that was awesome. I really enjoyed talking to Mike about his career and the Collingswood story. I mean, the intricate details that he really put into the script. It just it's really cool to watch it all fold out. Like if you do the research behind the movie and all the different lines of dialogue and just really look into it, you'll see that Mike put so much detail into making that movie that it's amazing. I, I love it. I, I love his attention to everything. You know, especially when you're talking about the different birds and the fact that it was shot in certain locations and having everything about it. I just, I, I, I loved it. Every, every little thing. And actually that website that we mentioned with the psychic is still up and running as of the recording of this podcast. And you can look at it in English and in French. It's awesome. It's above and beyond cool. Um, but guys, if you are interested in watching the Collingswood story, it is streaming on Shutter right now. Uh, you can also go get the Blu-ray from Cauldron Films. That's cauldron-films.com. And that has behind-the-scenes stuff on it. And it also has a commentary track from Mike himself. Well, if you're interested in found footage, screen life horror, or obscure horror, or any kind of movies really in general, remember, guys, check out Videodrome here in Atlanta. That is right across the street from Manuel's Tavern over there in Little Five Points, behind the plaza. And... Talk to my guys over there. They'll hook you up. They'll tell you some great films, some better than I can even mention. But for right now, guys, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.